0: the Duffin' Up Podcast. All right, Duff Daddies and Duff Mamas, we have on a very, very special guest for you for episode 101. That's right, we brought guests back for the 101st episode. I am very pumped to introduce a man who is the editor at the New England Golf Journal, a writer at, the amateur, at amateur Golf, as well as he has his own podcast, the Bay State Golf podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the man who has played one hundred and eighteen out of the three hundred and fifty courses, which it might now be like three hundred and fifty three nobody knows it changes all the time. but we are very, very happy to have on Sean Melia this week from Bay State Golf. Sean, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. What an introduction um, that's very nice of you hundred you made it sound like hundred eighteen golf sounds like a lot and then you throw in the 350 and, uh, it feels like I'm on mile eight of a marathon, but I am uh, stoked to be here and to, uh, to talk about a bunch of golf things and, uh,
0: maybe argue a little bit too about some amateur golf stuff. So well, I'm looking for, yeah. To- and the good news is, is at least you're not like golden state golf or like Florida golf, because like the amount of, like if you were only on 118 out of like 2200 courses, yeah. very different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that would be um it would be a bigger undertaking that I I don't even think I would try. If I lived in California, it would be a very different uh very different
2: uh dumb idea I would have come up with in California. Right. I also like that your base state golf, like Brendan said, uh, because it uh it has a local tie. It has a local yeah. tie, we are we are uh locals talking to locals right now. Um this yeah. is great. This is great. Yeah. I can't wait to to put it in perspective, you said 118 may not sound like a lot when you compare it to how many courses are there. But to break it down, when you think about it, I mean, four hours around, you know, that's almost 500 hours of golf right there that and I'm glad to say, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to say that that 500 hours of golf and yeah. yes, you're doing it for work. Yes, you're doing it for that. But you have played 500 hours of golf and I don't know how much, I, how many hours of golf I played, but I am jealous. Let's just, <laughs> Sean, very happy to have you on. Let's get this thing going. Let's,
0: Let's go. Start. Absolutely. So let's put you on the spot for the first one. Out okay. of the hundred and eighteen so far, favorite and least favorite? Okay.
1: I'll start. I'll start with my my least favorite. So we're we're getting uh we're getting to there's a place called Swanson Meadow that I played. Okay. It's in like the Bill Ricca area. Hmm. And it is kind of the only it's the only answer to this question i it's like it is so much lower than everywhere else i've played i feel bad doing this but it's it's kind of the truth um just like no energy at the golf course this it was kind of what i wrote about in my in my review of it on on instagram there was just no spirit or like energy behind it you just felt like you were in a conveyor belt of tee times um it's a little 9 hole golf course through a housing development, um, which I don't always love. Like those places have to really shine to be, to be Mm. awesome. Um, so that is probably definitely the, the one I just would, I would never go back and play. There's been a lot of golf courses. I think that people would tell me are worse. Um, for whatever reason, Ponca Pog
0: gets a lot of hate, um,
1: on my Instagram. I think they probably get the most polarizing golf course.
0: It's also because of how nice the courses are around it, and then you sure. have Ponca pock,
1: Yeah, with the like, with the opportunity to be really good, right? Yes, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the girl at the beginning of uh, she's all that or whatever you want to think <laughs> about, right? And like, <laughs> I was thinking be, at the end of the movie, she should be pretty. She could she we get we could do a makeover, and and the problem at Ponky is they did a five million dollar makeover and then kind of let it slip. But that's uh, another story for another time. My favorite. Um, I'm glad you asked for my favorite and not the best, because I think those are kind of two different things. Um, my favorite is Taconic out in Williamstown. Um, it, I've played it twice now. It's a course I never played before I started this whole quest. So there's a lot of golf courses that I had played before 2020.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but in 2020, I started at zero and said, I'm going to take photos and write reviews and I'm not going to go back in time and try to. Remake um, memories or just check golf courses off just because I played them when I was 15. So, Taconic was really the first place that I went to that I had never played that I just kind of really fell in love with. Um, got to play on an August evening by myself, which I rarely get to do. Uh, and it's just a really charming golf course. It's really tough. Gil Hance has done work on it recently and you know it was just it was a great day I got to go back and play it again this Labor Day weekend and just to just to get to go back I was so excited to go back and play it again which is kind of one of those things so I would say that's my that is right now my favorite is it the best probably not I think there's places I've played that are better I think myopia is probably better the country club is probably better mm. uh, but as far as like the one that I, I really really love um and I've just as a favorite is Taconic. Go, I would tell everybody make the drive and go out and and see Taconic. It's at the end of Massachusetts, <laughs> the <laughs> far is... northwest corner. It's oh. the last stop before you get to Vermont or New York. I mean, it's the last town, um, but it's a great it's a great golf course. Now, Dang. Sean, I have
2: a question that has to do with your favorite does because uh, a, a lot of times when the how we base on you know how much we like a course is is actually how much or how well we play there did you happen to find yourself playing well there at least the first time and, and second time you or, or did that not factor into uh, if you did play well did that not factor into your your ranking of your favorite
1: i've tried very hard to separate my score from how i feel about a golf course or how i played that particular day so i played fine like I didn't play great. I didn't play terribly or shoot a really high score. It's a pretty hard course. Um, but no, I, I, I've made, I've made a very concerted effort to try to separate my score and like the day on how I feel about, about a course. It's, it's tough really? to sometimes, yeah. or a hole, right? There's holes that people love and if you play it one time and you play it like crap, you know, like, well, that hole, sucked but some people it might be the best hole on the course so you gotta have to separate yourself from that sometimes that must yeah. be
2: difficult to do that must be really difficult
1: it can be it can be yeah there's some days I'm grumpy and you know um, but with the better golf courses like the ones especially when you play courses that aren't great it makes you really appreciate the days you're out on a golf course that's really good um, or in really good shape so it's like the the, the single on an album right if if you put on a record you got to listen to them all um mm-hmm. so try to try to use that as a as a little bit of help when i'm maybe not playing well like i'm out here playing in a nice place or if i'm playing bad like i'm playing golf i'm out here mm-hmm. doing something that I'm trying, to com- I'm trying to complete a a project and this is helping me do
0: it so no That's- i definitely want to continue on that kind of like because it sounds like taconic is almost like a diamond in the rough for you right like it's kind of like a little bit yeah. unknown definitely have there been a lot of courses where you've been and you're just like how is this not more talked about and then also on the flip side you get there and you're just like this wasn't that great
1: <laughs> yeah um so i there's a few now that i are kind of my go-to's when people ask me like where should i what's a place i should go if they've felt like they've played a bunch of places or it's worth an hour or drive to go play if you live in one part of the state and you want to get to another and just see a golf course or two Wachusett country club, um, which mm-hmm. is in West Boylston. I've only played it once. I played it kind of early. Maybe it was 2021. Um, but it was really good. I, I had a great day. The golf course is, is a Donald Ross. Um, it ends on a par three, which is kind of a bummer. Um, if you're someone who doesn't love the, the par three finishers, there's more of those in the state than,
0: uh, than, than people realize maybe we're and, big par five finisher guys. So that way, okay. We can try so you're the polar so opposite. Part, you're out. Polar opposite.
1: <laughs> that's fine. I think, I think that's a better take than liking a par three, but, um, but it's a really, it's like a really good charming golf course. I loved the back nine. It's squeezed right into this tiny little bit of property a couple of drivable par fours a couple of tough par fours um one good par three um so I like watch youett is one DW field is another one if you're in in kind of the south southeastern part of the state really like W uh, DW field it's a it's a muni um it's kind of rough around the edges great little clubhouse And so like the first TC is it's like concrete and then the First tee box and people are milling about. Uh I, I played on a Wednesday morning right before men's league went out. Greens are awesome. And I've heard from people who I, I talk to about regularly or kind of going to see it a couple times a year. It's just getting better. Like it was kind of run down, uh, but they've put money into it and they've built the greens out a little bit and made them, they're just great to putt. So those are two. Um, and then trying to think of like somewhere in like the Western, a lot of people like, well, I guess Wachusett's in the central part, but Kettlebrook, which is also owned by Wachusett, is another really good, solid, challenging um, course that's in Paxton, Mass, um, out that direction too. And then Cape Ann on the North Shore is one I really love, um, nine holer. So these are the ones I tell people to go, to go play if they're willing to drive and check something out. Cape Ann is great. You can go to Essex and get some fried clams at Woodman's get a uh, there's a great brewery on that same street. Uh, so like a bunch of things you can do up there. If you go play Cape Ann, go play it twice, bring some bug spray if you play in the summer, cause the greenheads are
0: nasty,
1: <laughs> really nasty, but that's my, that's my, like, I guess that's four, four that I would recommend anyone next year to just go, go try to play.
2: You know, Sean, those are great because uh, none of those golf courses I have I've never heard of those golf courses, which is great uh, because, I mean, you could have easily come out and said the country club, uh, Crump and Fox or, or red tail or, or, you know, Pine Hills or whatever, all those courses yeah. that I've talked about highly.
0: We can be a member for the day, Tim. Don't you worry. We can, we can be a member <laughs> for the day over at Pine Hills. I can't wait.
2: No, it, it's, it's just really, it's, you have a unique perspective because you, you have a destination uh, you have a goal of going to each golf course in Massachusetts. And so, yeah, anyone can look at the best courses in Massachusetts and they can play those lists or whatever, but you, you're going to play all of them. And these are courses that I'm sorry if they're famous golf courses to anyone listening that they're like, well, how have you never heard this before? Um, but I like that you are saying courses, like I said, that I've never heard of because, uh, this is great Intel. This is great Intel, especially like you said, one's a Muni. I mean, perfect. Uh, I'm going to go online, make a tee time, show up, you know, that's perfect. Yeah, I
1: I think just like golfers can get so siloed in the places that they love and the place that they hate, right? They like, they write a place off, they went to it once, it took six hours to play the round and they're done with it. And they've got their place they love to go and their buddies love to go. So that's kind of a weird side effect of me doing this is which I did not really think is what you just said of finding places for other people to play. I started this super selfishly. I was like, I'm just going to do this project and maybe people will follow along. Um, and that was for me, what I was doing it for. And then as I started to accumulate courses and people started asking me like, where should I go? Where should I play? Uh, I realized like, Oh, I'm kind of compiling a bunch of information that a lot of people might not have or are just looking for new places to go play. So um definitely a side effect. That was not the intention and it's becoming more and more like a bigger reason for, for doing this.
2: And are you okay with that? Like, obviously it's not your, yeah. You know, it wasn't your, yeah. intention, but you, you're good with that. Like, yeah. I, Cause I find it awesome.
1: Yeah. I, so I think, I think part of it is I was a teacher for 13 years. Like I taught fourth grade and sixth grade. And that's like what I did before I um got into writing and doing this whole thing. And I think that's the, like kind of it scratches that teacher itch a little bit. Like I'm kind of educating or helping people find places. Um, I wouldn't say I'm I guess educating is too highfalutin a word to use, but like I'm I'm helping people find some new stuff and and so I, I do I do like that part of it. It was just definitely not the plan when I started.
2: Yeah, that's I, that's I, great. I have a gozillion questions I I could keep on going but I am blocking Tim, rest, go Tim Tim go. this is
0: your time to shine baby go for it I do all the talking <laughs> for the episodes you Give got this ball.
2: I like I, there's so many questions going on All right first of all what's your best score out of those 118 uh, rounds you know like what what's the course you played that you scored the best uh, at
1: So I shot um and I shot even par at Butterbrook Okay. Uh, Which is in Westford Carlisle area. Um, And I shot even par at Juniper Hills this fall. So those are the two best rounds I've played. Butterbrook is a course I played a ton growing, like growing up and after college, because it's just an area where I, where I grew up. um, And it opened in the early 2000s, late nineties. So that was a course I did not play blind and, played a bunch of rounds and, and know that place pretty well. So, but the Juniper Hills round, it was completely blind. I, I might've played it once in college. If I look back at my college scores, which were
2: very high. So. Um, so are you tipping it out every time you go? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you sound like a great golfer just on those two best scores. I mean, there's, are you tipping it out? Are you, you know, playing conservatively, trying to enjoy the round? You know, what's your approach to, to a new course that you're, you get, go get to play.
1: Yeah, I, it depends on who I'm with. Sometimes okay. I'm like a single and I show up and I'm playing with three guys who are in their sixties on a Wednesday morning. And they're like, we're going to play the whites. And sometimes I'll say, well, I'm going to play one back. I wouldn't tip it out and play like two tees behind, behind some guys. Uh, and sometimes I'll just, I'll just play if they, I'll just play with them or play their tee box. Or sometimes it will be like, we'll play back one back and we'll play, we'll play with you. So if I'm playing with, Buddies who are all kind of around my ability, we might play the tips. We might, we might not. I'm typically the one who's trying to convince people not to play the tips. Thank I, you.
0: Thank you. There's I don't need no to, reason. I
1: don't no need to reason. go all the way back all the time, especially playing places, you know, once. Um so like to con the first time I played the tips, I was by myself. The Place was completely empty. And then the second time I played, and the guys I played with played like a combo tee, and I just played the one one the longer of the combo tees um so it's just it depends on the day but i don't love tipping it out like i don't need i don't need to get my ass kicked every time no no i i, I like I that approach it. i mean
2: i really do i really do
0: <laughs> we but you get together. to enjoy it it's supposed yeah. to be fun yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. brennan's new brennan's new uh new year's resolution is enjoy the walk uh and a, i will not yeah. be enjoying the walk. And make birdies. if it's and make tips. some birdies yes
0: <laughs> yeah. yes and it's not even the walking part it's just like the oh great like I have a 500 yard par 4 and I hit my driver 260 so that means I'm three wood into
2: the into the green and like it's yeah. not going to get there.
1: Yeah. Force so. carries and yeah.
2: Oh. Yeah. My last question before inevitably another one pops into my head while you talk uh, is um, so I'm sure you've seen or heard of the, you kind of remind me of the Busta Jack crew. They did golf in old glory. I don't know if you saw that, but they played 50 States and 50 50 courses. Yes. Yeah. In 50 different States. So you kind of remind me of the Massachusetts version of that.
1: And yeah. So,
2: so the question I have for you is when you get, when you play something like a, a private course, like a like a a course that we can only hope to play, and you obviously you're, you might not be a member, are you? Uh, how are you getting these invites? You know, are people knowing you saying, "Hey, come play with us"? You know, we want you to review our course, or you know, whatever. Or is it you emailing them saying, "Hey, can I come? I got this thing that I do." You know, how do you what what happens there?
1: So one rule I kind of set for myself when I started, which I might I might regret. Down towards the end when we're when I'm trying to go play Nantucket Golf Club or mm-hmm. Club or somewhere like that, which I have no no real connections to, is I'm trying to get invited to all these places, or at least like not reach out via email, like you said, and say, "Hey, I'm doing this. Can you can you help me out?" Um, so that's kind of a little rule I have for myself, so people can invite me. I've had I have friends who are members at a bunch of these places. I played, and I've played, and I've kind of like reconnected with people through this. I'll run in, I, I played the country club, and the reason I got in the country club, I went to the final of the Mass Am when Thor played Parziali Ali at Braeburn. So I walked out, I wasn't really a golf writer doing anything yet. I was just kind of wanted to go watch It was close to my house. And I ran into a guy I went to high school with. And he's a member at the country club and he was like, I told him what I was doing. And he said, well, let's try to get a round in. And then he reached him and another college buddy who I played golf with, who are friends. He was up from Maryland and and he was like, let's all three of us go play the country club. So like that kind of stuff happens. Um, And then sometimes I'm just fortunate enough to, some people have just reached out through Instagram and invited me to come play their place. Um, just as a, as a guest. I have a newsletter. And there's people who who subscribe to the newsletter and have re- just responded to that newsletter and said, hey, you should come. I played Oakley that way. Uh, and then some I've played in like qualifiers. So okay. Fall River, Andover, I played qualifiers in. And then I was lucky enough to play Catancet and the country club's open routing as a media member because they had... USGA events in 2022. Oh, so that's sick. The US Senior AM. And as a writer for amateurgolf.com, which has been around for 20 years, I got a media, I got a media day invite to that. And same with the uh with the US Open. So those I got on not because of base state golf, but because I write for amateurgolf.com. And it was I mean, that's by.
0: sick. That's awesome. Yeah. If yeah. you ever go to this place on Cape Cod. There is a very, very angry greenskeeper,
2: and his name (laughs) is
0: Daniel, and he works at Pocasic Golf. Just just be a little wary of that man. Just (laughs) tell him how much you love Eastward Ho. That's all you have to do. That's all you got to do is tell him how great of a course Eastward Ho is, and he may hit you. I got hit. It was okay.
1: I have not played Pocasa yet. I do follow the greenskeeper on, uh, on
0: <laughs> he's the absolute best. We, we had him on. I played, we went up to, I, think- I was up in Pocassa last year, played, uh, played one of the Cape Cod golf guys tournaments up there and it was great, yep. but I was just talking with him and he's just like, he he's just the, he's the best. He's, he's just so funny.
1: Yeah. That place looks it's- awesome. looks very cool.
0: It is. It, boring, it is yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. And we did, um, we also did the the indoor golf with them too. They did something at, at Pine Hills for the indoor league too, which was cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that was fun. So yeah. yeah. It's it's really cool to kind of meet a lot of, you know, I I know that they do some events. So like I'm trying to get to those more of those events this year. Um, because it, it's just really great to meet like a lot of the local guys. And and that's kind of the reason why we we do a lot of interviews and we do a lot of that stuff to kind of get more people on the pod who you may not have heard of, but also like yeah. to connect locally as well. Like that's the biggest thing for me is we want to continue to build that side too and, and build up a local, you know, local footing. And, and also, you know, kind of explain like, even though, you know, Timbo's down in Rhode Island and Mikey who's not here tonight is down in Rhode Island and, uh, Brian guys up in, and Brian plays fresh pond almost every day during the summertime. Yeah. So, but yeah. you know, we, um, You know, we, we definitely want to continue to kind of build up that side of it and make sure, you know, people understand new England golf. Speaking of new England golf, we are right in the doldrums of (laughs) the off season. No, Uh, you think so? (laughs) I have no idea what to do with myself. It better be the doldrums, man. I'm telling you, if it's not the doldrums. (laughs) Well, the problem is too, is like, it's great when it's like, I'd rather it be 25 with snow on the ground. Than like what it is right now which is 45 and rainy because yeah. then like then i'm getting the itch like i'm getting mm-hmm. the itch i'm like it's almost 50 degrees like maybe we can go out and play and then you get to the course and they're like we're underwater and no one can step on anything
1: yeah. go find a second hobby <laughs> yeah. Go find a <laughs> <Yeah>. hobby hobby. <laughs> for the love of god <laughs> there's there's other things go knit go, go, to, top. Yeah, go right. to top golf yeah go to top golf which
0: we finally have. We have two now. That's right. Yeah, I have not been. I haven't been to the Canton one now. Tim's been to the Cranston one. You you
2: like it a lot, Tim, right? It is. They did it right. They did it top of the line, three decks, everything. They did it right. They did it right.
0: I actually think the Cranston one might be a little bit bigger than the Canton one because the Canton one they put on very, very, very small piece of land.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. But it's good. Like 60, From what 60 I've heard, it's amazing. Days or something.
2: Yeah. Oh, they had they had all the room in the world. They, it was the old Citizens Bank uh, headquarters that just they sold it to them, and they just had ample room, ample room. But uh, the, <laughs> I'm still laughing at the word doldrums. <laughs> it is the doldrums right now, man. Like yep. it is.
0: It, one day the ponds are frozen. The next day there's just rain. It's oh, and then they overflow, and it's the worst.
1: Yep. No, agree completely. It is awful.
0: So right now, what have you been doing to keep your game up? You know, are you doing the simulators? I I know you just said you you haven't gone to top golf. I know there's 5 Iron downtown now, but like what a, have you been really doing anything putting in the house anything like that?
1: Yeah, I so 5 Iron golf I have not been to this year. I joined They did like a cool, pretty reasonable founding membership last year. When I saw that last
0: year, I had just moved out of the city or out before I moved back into the city. So, oh, that is, I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was really weird. What was that? Uh, That was amazing. What was that? (laughs) that, Is that like AI reacting to you putting your thumb up? Yeah. Zoom is weird, dude. dude. What happened? Like, literally, I went like that and then it just like did a little pop-up thingy
1: you put your thumb up and you got a little thumb up
0: like oh my god bubble what are we doing that's incredible that was that was the most ridiculous thing i think i've ever seen like but anyways we continue um i had just moved out of the city or else because i i had emailed the gm and i was like oh i'm interested in this and then i moved and i was like ah crap like not a good idea
1: anymore so it was, it was, it was great for the, they opened in January. So it was January, February, March. It's a really cool place. And as a member, you get, you could get like, basically you don't pay for sim, sim time from eight in the morning until like four. And then it turns into you're, you you got to pay or you get like a discount. So I did that. I would recommend anyone who lives close enough and has a little bit of money to be a member. They keep your bag so I could just walk down. It was great. I've not been there this winter uh, yet. I go to Pure Drive in Woburn. Okay. And that's a really, that's, that's much more of a, you go to practice. Like they have a, they have a TV up on the wall in your bay, but it's not a bar scene. Uh, you are going to, to kind of grind. You can, they have, you know, track man and it's, it's excellent. Uh, so I do that. I get, I've got, I get a few lessons in the winter because I have actually like, I feel like I have time in the winter. Whereas in the summer, I'm just, I don't practice much. I just try to play. And if I get to a place early, I'll chip and putt to practice, but it's, it's not, it's not ideal. So I get lessons at core. So I go to core golf and they've got a great setup where they have a barn. So you can beat, hit, you can hit balls outside, but you're covered in like a, in a pretty warm spot. So I do that. And that's, that's kind of it. I, I went and saw a, like a golf physical therapist in December because I, he does some work for New England Golf Journal. It's like a sponsored content. He came on our on the podcast I host for, for New England, New England Golf Journal. He's in Cranston, Rhode Island. He works out of the Cranston Country Club spot. Really good guy. So he probably like knows down, John
0: pretty well. I'm guessing he probably knows Tim. He probably knows John pretty well down there.
2: I'm guessing so. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's that's where he's based. He's got a little, a little spot um, on that property and opens up to the range and people can hit balls out of there, but he does, he like bent me all over and gave me all these exercises to do and, and stretch and strengthen because I'm getting old. I'm just turned 40 and I'm trying to stay ahead of the curve here. They're going to roll the ball back pretty soon. And I, I don't want to lose.
2: Boy, <laughs> I don't want to lose t- those
1: yards. I'll tell <laughs> you what, man. By the time like I'm we- 46, I think that might, that might hurt a little bit. Um, I don't mind. It's fine, but I'm, I'm half joking. Um, But that's another thing I've been doing is just, I run, I'm a, that's kind of my other hobby. So, uh, that's the other thing I kind of do to just to stay sane and get outside a little bit during the winter. I don't mind running in the cold. Mm. So.
0: Well, as you can see from this physique, I am also an impeccable, impeccable runner. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I, I actually, that's kind of funny that you did bring it up because an interesting part, we were talking about it too, with the golf ball, with the ball rollback. Yeah. And like, Super interesting comments, I think, from when they first proposed it, when JT was like, we play the same exact ball as you. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, there's five Titleist golf balls that are literally just made for tour people. Like, Left Dot, Left Hash, like, those were all, those have been on the tour for 15 years before, or 10 years prior to them selling them. You know, all that stuff. Titleist has, like,
1: 40 pro v patents yeah those guys have access to any ball they want like if they want the 2014 pro v1 like they get it i I played golf with darren clark who told me that exact thing he's like i love the 2017 pro v pro v1x it's just it's the ball i like to play it's like oh where can i buy that darren nowhere (laughs) i didn't say that to him he would have he would have maybe had some choice words but like it is amazing that that mentality like it's
0: not really how it exists but so, I'm kind of wondering on that side. do you think you know, not amateurs like us. like we're you know am, am, we're not interested um, do. but like when they do they'll start doing like the high amateur competition, the college golf competition. I would expect the rollback there, and I would expect the rollback on the professional circuits. Do you think it is going to get to the point where it's just like we're gonna just it'll be a total rollback for even? you know selling them at the golf shop just for that or do you think it's more of we're going to do this for specific we're going to do this ball rollback is going to be for competitions only well so I think like competitions
1: will definitely no matter what competition you're playing and like if you want to go try to qualify for the mass am or play in a like a local event I would imagine those will be sanctioned and like mm-hmm. You have to play with whatever golf ball has been uh, deemed legal. It's like the USGA golf balls, basically. Yeah. Sure. Whatever the, yeah. Whatever the, the new restrictions are on the flight and the speed and all that stuff, though, like when twenty thirty 30 rolls around, that's going to be the golf ball that you'll have to play. I think there's a lot of golf balls right now that already fit that criteria. Mm-hmm. And at least that's what Mike Juan says. So yeah. But then at the same time, I think there's going to be a bunch of guys, especially that first couple of years who are going to play golf balls that like they stored up from 2028 20 to 2030. And like, that's fine. I don't necessarily know if I'd want to like play a match with some random guy on the first tee when I, when I make a tee time. And he's like, you want to play $10 Nassau?" I'm like, well, I don't think I do because I'm not sure what golf ball you might be using. And that's kind of weird, but I, people already break the rules and people play golf for whatever reason they want to play golf. So people already like, got the ham.
0: people got the hammer in their, in their, in their bags. You know, people, people do some, people have some 15, people stuff. Have 15 clubs in their bags, you know, people like, so
1: like that's fine and people will do that and they'll be happy playing golf. But if they want to tee it up in something that matters, they would have to use the, the new ball, mm. whatever,
2: whatever that, whatever that means. I can already so. see like there's Sammy Sosa, like someone's ball gets splits open. They're like, oh, he's playing with a cork golf ball or, you know, like there's, he's got pine tar on his bowl. You know, those are both, obviously I'm a baseball fan. Those are two baseball references right there. <laughs> yeah, But <right>. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what I mean? There's going to be like some Patrick Reed kind of thing where it's like, oh, it says it's the new ball, but it's not the new ball. You know, like one of those things. I mean, it's going to create controversy and, and entertaining for sure. us. But, but I, I do like that that aspect of like, yeah uh how is it how far down is this thing gonna go and i don't know if we're gonna transition into it because i know you guys wanted to talk about the amateurs you know is that gonna be uh, are they gonna be talking you did say it's probably gonna happen on amateurs and 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 the northeast amateur um things like that i mean in in
1: 2030 it's still going to be everyone is going to play the same golf ball
0: Mm.
1: like so everyone will have this new restricted golf ball there'll be two years from 28 to 30, where only the pros will be playing the rolled back golf ball. And so you and I could go to the store and buy golf balls that are, that go farther and are kind of within the rules now. But Mm -hmm. then in 2030, like the only golf balls you will be able to buy at Dick's or PJ superstore will be ones that conform. And if they don't conform, they'll have to say on the box, like these don't conform. I'm sure. There's probably golf balls like that now. So. Now, yeah. So 2030 and everyone, I, I don't know in those two years, like who knows if the Northeast AM will decide we're going to play with the rollback ball in 29, mm.
2: 2029.
1: 20, yeah. We're just going to, that's what we're going to do. And who knows if kids decide to play it themselves because they want to get ready to play pro golf like the summer before they turn pro they're or they're playing in college. And they're just like, I'm going to play the rollback ball and get used to it, but they'll get used to it pretty quickly. Oh, sure. I mean, they get used to hitting it 15 yards farther when they go to Colorado, right? They don't don't have any problem dialing it in there, so they're just going to lose some yards.
0: Do you think it was a mistake by the OEMs to go, and by, I guess, also the USGA and the RNA, to go after the ball instead of the clubs? Because I feel like club technology has by far and away surpassed ball technology.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think the ball is just the easiest thing to to do because it's cheap for Mm -hmm. the consumer. Um, You're not asking someone to go out and then buy like a new $600 driver because suddenly the one they have is out or you got to kind of massage grandfathering golf clubs in and guys using a driver from now like from 2024 in 2035 because it's like it's grandfathered in i'm gonna play this thing until it breaks in half
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, like who was the hockey player uh, mcsorley yeah marty so mcsorley like marty mcsorley was the last guy playing h- hockey without a helmet because he was grandfathered into the rule of like you have oh i forget a-
0: who that was mcsorley was the guy who hit the other guy in the head okay. with a with a wooden like a true old school wood wooden stick okay. so it wasn't That's- even like it was those things were heavy
1: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, they were okay that's my memory I, I got that wrong but there was there was some player who you know but like so the drivers are tricky i think they're still going to go i think the drivers will be the point of like bifurcation in the game yeah where the pros will have a certain size driver that they're allowed to use and the yeah. amateurs will be able to use a bigger head driver which i think is fine
0: one of the things we talked about on a pod too was like for one tournament a year, they got to go Persimmons and Hickory and Hickory shafts. So that yeah. would be like, we were talking about that for like the British open, like going forward, like you have to dress in knickers, you have to play Persimmons and and Hickory shafts. Like you got to go and just like one tournament a year, you, you have to play like feather balls, like old, like a hundred percent, like it's, you signed up for it. You talked about it. You talked about bifurcation too much, so now you got to live it. <laughs> this is your punishment.
1: There's a cool event in California at Go- a place called Goat Hill Park. That's um, like Matt Janella, who does Fire Pit Collective, mm-hmm. and it's like Golf Digest stuff in the past and travel stuff. So he organizes with a bunch of other people, Persimmon uh, Match, and like Xander Shoffley played in a couple years, plays in it every year. Uh, Jeff Ogilvie. Freddy Couples, but they go and do that. They play with they hit persimmon drivers and play with persimmon um, during during this like nine hole match that they play. It's it's pretty cool. That's so, so sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's awesome. out there where guys are doing it. Like pros are doing it. I mean, up, but...
0: I guarantee you, Xander Shoffley, even though it's probably not going 330, like he's probably hitting that like 270
1: with those things, which is
0: outrageous.
1: Yeah. Well, the ball goes far too. Right. Like that's the 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 common. The, that's the proof that like the ball still goes too far did you see the there was a cool rory at dubai last week that kind of was all over twitter and the and uh and instagram where he hit like the original i think it was a, the original tailor-made metal driver and it was like the size of a hybrid almost yeah Nine it's insane. Three. And he, he hit it like he hit it 260 but it hooked and the ball like it was just it was pretty cool to watch him hit. and then he hit another one and he kind of figured it out but these guys are so good. Whatever you give them, they're going to get the ball in the hole pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: they're going to have two bad shots. And then, and then all of a sudden it's just back to normal. Back yeah, to... It's amazing. Oh, it's crazy. But yeah, definitely feel like that's coming down. the Not, not the Persimmons side. I wish the Persimmons tournaments were come down, but like, I think we're in a very interesting time in golf where like, because of these new changes, it is going to like, even though it was the worst kept secret ever that like, you weren't playing the same clubs, and you're not playing the same shafts, and you're not playing the same balls. It's going to be a lot more open now that like there is very different. Like I, you cannot go to PGA Tour Superstore and pick up a Taylor Made Sim Two and be like, "This is the same one that Colin Morikawa is playing." It's like, right? No, it's not. It's not even close. It's yeah. not even close. Yeah. So very interesting times. Um, definitely wanted to to shift gears just a little bit for you know cuz i know that you have a a very big love of amateur amateur golf um yeah. tim's been to the northeast amateur before i've been to the northeast amateur before uh it's an unbelievable experience i'm going this year i'm excited yes it's it's a great time i know the usam comes around a lot up here too um but i think you know before we get into our disagreement parts i <laughs> wanted to ask what kind of drew you to the amateur side of, of the game? Cause I know you played in college, but like, is that what drew you to it or is kind of trying to do these qualifiers or going to the mass golf events? What drew you to the amateur side of the, the game? To be super Frank,
1: I got an opportunity to write about it. And, mm-hmm. um like I, so in the U S Mid-Am was on Nantucket in 2021. And it was was the end end of September. And I was kind of doing this basic golf thing. I was working for a nonprofit in education, uh, like just kind of writing my own stuff that no one reads, uh, you know, kind of that, that lifestyle. And I just decided I'm going to go to the Mid-Am and I'm just going to watch, like I can go to Nantucket. I can go watch these guys. And in the, during that summer, I got a gig writing for an Ohio uh, golf association. They have like different golf associations. So there's a Miami Valley golf association, which is like kind of the Southern, Southwestern part of the state. Austin Greaser is from that area um, who plays the UNC um, runner up in the USAM, awesome kid. So there's a guy who qualified for the mid and I was talking to him on the phone, interviewing him for a piece about him. And he was like, Hey, do you know anyone who can caddy for me in this thing? they're not letting us bring local caddies. So if you just know anyone who's going to be down there and I said, I'm going to be down there. I'm, I'd be happy to caddy for you. If you want me, I don't have any local knowledge, but if you just want someone who kind of knows golf and can get you around and uh, I'm going to be down there anyways. And so he took me up on it and I reached out to amateurgolf.com and said, Hey, I am a hundred percent sure you're not sending anyone to this event. I would be happy to do like an insider, like, from a caddy's perspective, what the week is like on Nantucket for the midam. And they said, sure. So I wrote like four or five, like a daily journal. So I'd caddy come home, write it, send it off, and then get up in the morning and caddy again. And we had a long, it was a weird week. We were like at the golf course for 12 hours the first day because of fog. Oh. Um, and then we didn't tee off to the second day until like 7.30 that night. And we played two holes and we had to get up the next morning to finish the second round. It was a, it was a nightmare so it was kind of a good story so i did that and i started writing about amateur golf and and that kind of just got me into this world of of amateur golf and writing about it and learning about it and i kind of just started to like it a little bit more than the pro game as far as just stories and people to follow and the golf courses that they get to play and finding stuff that not everyone knows about and kind of, and then starting to see kids like graduate into the pros mm-hmm. right We will talk about Dunlap, but you know, there's a, there's a bunch of guys. I'm looking forward to seeing turn pro. I got to interview Ludwig Aberg in the like 2021, two years ago when he was a junior at Texas tech. And he was like in his dorm room on his computer drinking like some sort of soda out of a, with ice shaking in the microphone. And like, (laughs) he was on the first ever amateur golf podcast. Like that was my first guest. And now he's playing Ryder Cup, so you know. So there's kind of that that I like that journey more than picking up a guy when he's just turned pro. So then mm. it's been fun. And then you get in that world, and people are sickos. Like they love it, and it's a whole different, whole different world from the pros. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, like when you look at guys, I know like Matt Parziali comes to mind. Like tried the pro game, yes. you know, washed out, became a fireman, and you know, got his amateur status back. I think it what it takes what, like seven years from your last pro event or something like that, or it's it depends on how
1: successful you are. Okay. Kind of like a committee that if you, if you kind of aren't a great pro or you can get it, you can get it back pretty quickly, but it can, I think it can take four or five years for some, for some guys who made a lot of money. Like if, if Dustin Johnson decided tomorrow he wants to be an amateur, like <laughs> they might just tell him. No. like flat no when you turn 50 how about how about this about 10 years so
0: it's all kind of like a committee-based thing but it can take a long time interesting but like I mean those guys like they go around the country and you know they're not like I don't know how you feel about like the Stuart Hagestads of the world where like he is basically a professional amateur and I'm sure you have your thoughts on that but like Parziali was a little bit different because he like worked an actual like he was you know he tim tim knows how hard being a fireman is like right he worked a real job he wasn't just like a salesman for uh a wealth management fund who always got invited to go play events and then would go i feel like i'm going off on Stuart hagestad right now but i feel like this is well he's become he's become like the poster boy of that exact argument i
1: think like what he's doing it doesn't really doesn't really bother me he's he's super nice like I Mm. um and he knows what people say about him and he doesn't really care which I kind of appreciate he's like whatever I'm out here I'm I work my according to him he like works hard he uses his vacation to play golf uh sometimes he gets a little bit extra vacation to play golf when you know you get invited to play the walker cup like you go play the walker cup that's a that's a thing you do And he's good enough. And he's the only mid-am good enough to get invited to play in it in the country. Um, But there's a lot of mid-ams who grind and are working and have families and are still really, really good at golf. Um, And so, like, it's a cool little life that they get to live. They don't get to live it very long. You know, if you're a mid-am, you might get, you get like a decade. Once you get to 35, 36, like those 25-year-olds coming along behind you are pretty good. Mm. Um, and, and then you're looking at like the senior circuit and some of those guys, a lot of those senior guys actually kind of didn't play a lot of mid-am stuff and they decided I'm going to raise a family and focus on that. And then when I turn 50, then I'm playing golf. So there's kind of an interesting dynamic with the seniors to the mid-am as well, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. The Stuart Haggisad stuff doesn't bother me. I think good for him. If, and if anyone could do it, they would do it no oh, one would say i don't think 100% I don't think, I don't think agree think horror
0: with horror you horror. on that side i just remember reading that for the first time and i was like just hearing that i was like so you're basically a professional amateur like this is pretty cool like it's yeah. pretty cool and now and he's he can really get nil good. money too it's even and better he's really good yeah he's
1: he's he's, really he's good.
0: very very good
1: yeah like not everyone could take that much time away from work or whatever they think he's doing and be that good i mean he's outstanding
0: he's like the best amateur of his generation and he's what one i mean he's made the cut what three twice at the u.s open or three times at the u.s open like he's made it out of my
1: head but he's made he made it at brookline yep um he didn't play at lacc so he'll play again this year but yeah he's he's played the weekends he's made the cut at the masters um so yeah he's awesome he's very good but he's the only one who's doing it like that. He's the only he's the best.
0: Yeah. So. As you can tell, we're just all very, very jealous on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely wanted to um, you know, especially like history was made obviously over this past week. We'll drop this on Monday, but um Nick Dunlap won for the first time in since in Phil Mickelson in nineteen ninety one an amateur one on the pga tour yeah uh it it's it's historic i honestly never thought it would happen again especially when thor bjorson got so close a couple of years ago at um travelers yeah at at the, the the oh god what is the travelers jesus at the travelers i was like that's the closest we're gonna get for a while unless it's like i and i and i know everyone kicks uh, kicks down the john deere but like unless there's like some guy going up at like one of these not many to you know basically one of the alternate events unless someone's yeah, playing the, there the a, yeah. yeah like exactly like what how matthew wolf and Calmore Cal Cow won their first events they had just turned pro like three weeks before it you know what i right. mean like just something like that um it is kind of crit. Like I still go back to it and I saw like, you know, happy that he turned pro today on Thursday today. Yeah. Um. But I've always been of this mindset that totally understand him not getting paid the day of. Right. But I'm wondering if it would make sense going forward, especially for a lot of the college guys, for example, they put the money into an esc they put the money into some type of account some type of escrow account just sits there they can't touch it until the day they go pro and then you can kind of collect your winnings off that um i know people will definitely disagree with me on that side and that's okay but i do feel like on that side it's almost you know it it's it's tough it's it's tough that a guy goes out and wins a professional event even though he's not a professional and i totally get that but he goes out and he wins an event and he walks away <laughs> he walks away with a trophy and you know his pride and then it's like okay but like i missed out on a million and a half dollars too
2: so what about, what about donating it to like a charity and and he uses it as a tax write-off like you oh, know that'd I mean? be oh
0: that'd be a good one too I like that idea the u.s like, government would owe him a lot of money you know what i'm saying <laughs> at least give the guy something <laughs> i am besides the trophy and the pat on the back like I, I i don't know how i feel about it because it's just it's a very it's it it it's tough to see when it's like you see second place and it's like Christian, they zayno and he's a good he's a very good tour pro very very good tour pro but it's like you didn't win a million five. like you know that i know that you know that you don't deserve all that money <laughs> that all of you lost to an
1: amateur this week. yeah. So let's game this out a little bit. So Thor Bjornsson plays in Dubai last week and finishes eleventh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's played in the Travelers like we said, and I think he finished like fifth or sixth that week. Yeah are we compiling Are we compiling all of this money into an escrow, or is it only if you win?
0: And how long does this money sit in escrow? It sits in escrow until they turn pro. So, for example, a guy like Stuart Hagestad. So what if Dunlap doesn't? What
1: if Dunlap never turns pro? What if? What if it's like a complete weird flash in the pan, and he decides like I'm gonna go to college, and then he, ha- let's say something happens to him where he physically can't turn pro. He goes back to college, and something happens to him. Um, he has a whore, he has an injury. He has a like Thor Bjornson just had a back stress fracture in his back out of kind of nowhere. Like if something like that happens, does that money? What happens? then are they accruing all of these finishes Caleb Surratt getting his money for finishing, making cuts.
0: I mean, I I think, I think so, but like, I can also understand the, the disagreement with it too. And especially I, I guess with the majors as well, like I know that they just changed the rule where like, if you turn pro before, Like, so for the masters this year, like Dunlap gets to go no matter what, even if he did, even if he, you know, they get their amateur stuff, even if they do turn pro, which is very cool because they don't, I thought they did. Masters,
1: US open. US open. They open. You can turn pro and you still get your amateur spot. Okay. I thought it was the The masters. Masters No, 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 no. The masters is pure. So they're, (laughs) they're not, they're not letting anyone, if you want it, if you aren't as an amateur, you don't get a spot as a, as a pro. Interesting.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. I thought they got it too. Okay, so the US Open, the British Open, and I guess I guess the PGA He lost his he, was... lost his, he lost his open spot too. He lost his Oh, he did. Yeah.
1: So now he will play in the Masters, the US yeah. Open, and the PGA Championship. He basically like traded the PGA Championship for the Open Championship.
0: But since he won on the PGA Tour, he doesn't get a spot.
1: No, he's got to be he's 68th in the world right now. I think if he gets in the top 50 at some point or if he, he... gets in gets in. So he, he's got like six months to play more good golf and maybe work his way in. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So he, the open is the same, which is, it's interesting that the open does it and the U S open doesn't do it that Mm. way. It's like two governing bodies that seem like they're pretty simpatico with each other.
0: I mean, they're almost aligned on everything. I feel like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so he still gets three majors. Um, the, I think the other risk with kind of putting money aside is you're gonna entice kids to leave college when maybe they're not ready because they've got like, maybe they have three pretty good pro finishes, which would maybe tell you that they are ready. <laughs> um, but like maybe maybe they're not and they leave early and like look at Justin, Ro- Justin Rose turned pro the day after he finished like fourth place in the British Open in 1998 or whatever. Hmm. And he missed a ton of cuts. Like he barely scraped by and then kind of like worked his way, but he very easily could have just washed out of the game, but he turned pro kind of on a whim, not because he wanted money. But I think that's the, that would be the fear is just like, you're going to, you're enticing amateurs to just leave the pro game for the money. And then in a sport that's based on merit, that's really tough. Like if they're getting an NBA contract or an NFL contract and they know they're, at least secure for a little bit, but if you're just like here's here's a half million and a half dollars, and you get, I guess in his case because he won, he gets a ton of PGA, he gets two years on the PGA tour. But if you, if he finished second and had like eight hundred thousand dollars sitting in an escrow, and he's like, I think I want that money. Mm. I'm gonna I'm to turn pro, and then he's just he's got no status, and I think they should give him the FedEx Cup points. Like that's a that's an insane. Thing not to give him is just yeah, like, starting like, at zero on fedex he won 500 fedex cup points like give those to the kid and that's like, the crazy thing too
0: is like he's in the he would already be in the comcast top 10 right and like that's an extra million bucks yeah. at the end of it too so like yeah. it's it's kind of nuts that he won an event and they're like I would be more, I think, I, I mean, I wouldn't be more bad. I'd, I'd still be mad that I missed out on a million and a half dollars. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but the way he's been playing as the 2023 USAM PGA Tour winner, I'm sure he'll make other money. I'm sure he'll make more money in the future. But the fact that he does not get the FedEx Cup points, which is now how much money is in the FedEx Cup at the end of the year, Right. it's insane yeah it'll be interesting to see if he like it would be heartbreaking if he is
1: razor thin close coming mm. down this fall and knowing like the kid won a pj tour event and we're not going to let him get into the playoffs because you refuse to give him 500 points when he won fair and square
0: yeah uh, he won while justin thomas was chirping him <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> like yeah, he won fe- right he played with
0: two right he beat the brains
1: out of two rider Cuppers on sunday
0: yeah it's ins- uh, well, I mean, to be fair, they also got their brains beaten out uh, <laughs> right, you know, if so, like, right. against the Europeans. So, well, yeah. not re- actually. JT actually did really, really well in the Ryder Cup. Sam Burns was <laughs> <He's> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, but yeah. They
1: just, they just stapled JT to Speeth, and that seems to be not a, not a <laughs> great
0: match anymore. Which is but- kind of crazy because it used to be like kind of good, but now, yeah. like, now I feel like just Speeth doesn't play well whenever he and Justin played great. And played it was ball. like, what's happening? Maybe it's yeah. a Speeth problem. I think, I think there's a,
1: maybe a bit of a speed problem. Oh, no. um, oh, no. Yeah. So like, that's my kind of take on the, on the amateur side. The other, I don't know if you saw it today on Thursday uh, that Anthony Kim is thinking about coming back to pro golf. I did see that. It's a really interesting set of paragraphs. That's like, if he wants to join the PGA tour, here are all the things that he has to do or the, all the things that would help him earn money. Or he could join Live and just sign a contract and get a, m- a bunch of money and know he plays for a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to go with the latter option because. He very
1: well might. But, like, it goes to the point of the PGA Tour just being this weird system of rules and regulations and points. And then, like, Liv's just like, yeah, come on. Come yeah, on over. Come and hang and out. <laughs> play for a year. If you don't play well enough, I guess you got to go. I am not a Live person, but reading those two paragraphs, like, right after each other it becomes yeah. clear why like caleb surratt who's mm-hmm. a sophomore at tennessee he's the same age as nick dunlop um was a u.s junior runner-up like very very good golfer is being rumored pretty hard that he's going to go to, to yeah later. and yeah, like i think it was
0: yeah was it ogletree who went to early ogletree went, Ogletree and now he's kind of like
1: bouncing around
0: he went early after he won his usam Yep, um,
1: chicara the, There's a Spanish Spanish kid, um, Chikara, who left right. He just like left college. Yeah, left
0: college. And, went Puig went. And, yeah, and yep. then that that 15 year old kid that that Thai kid. Think, yeah, who yeah, was supposed I to be know. filthy. Yeah, I don't know if he is or not, but I yeah, I think that part especially for Anthony Kim. Like, yeah, dude, I'm taking the 50 million dollars this year, and and I'm gonna go play
1: play live and yeah. he's like a 10 million dollar um insurance policy that if he plays a round of golf disappears mm. so mm. he's he took out some insurance policy because he was injury prone and he's just he's been collecting checks but if he plays golf ever again professionally he has to give i think from what i read it looked like he has to give it all back Oh. So getting enough money for Liv to say, Liv is basically going to tell him like, we'll pay off the insurance and a little bit extra. Just come play golf. Yeah. And PJ Tours like, well, we'll give you sponsors exemptions and like you're a past champion, so maybe you'll get into some
0: other events and then maybe you got to earn your points and then maybe you'll get a card. It's like, and cr- I feel like that's where it comes in too with what you just said about the point, like the FedEx Cup points, where it's like you are basing yourselves on on being the ultimate meritocracy but then as soon as someone gets to the top you're like well they're not one of us yet so yeah. we're not yeah. going to we're actually not a meritocracy we're we're the good old boys club and you you you're one of us now so you're fine but you weren't yeah. one of us then so you know you had to prove yourself and it's just like no he didn't <laughs> like no he didn't so yeah. Yeah. super interesting stuff super yeah. and honestly yeah. like i I said before i i never thought we'd see it again but like watch there's gonna be like with how college golf is going and like the you know you're not getting at these big d1 schools anymore there's no longer like the scrap the zero to one guy on these teams all of those guys are plus three plus four plus five they go out like, if you watch the Corn Ferry tour events, like half the guys are easily like first two years out of college and they're going out and they're winning. Like, yeah. it's, you know, there was the youngest kid, there was that South African kid this Rock week. That won. Yeah. yeah. He was a nut. He's, he hits the ball farther than, you know, anyone known to man besides his other South African friend, Woko Nainabar, who, you know, averages 350 off the tee. It's like, what, what are we doing?
1: And Lambrecht, they're just rolling them out there, down there. Crystal Lambrecht.
0: Yeah. We gotta gotta test them like that. <laughs> They're on some kind of South African steroid. That's what.
2: <laughs>
0: oh man, Timbo, what do you think? You want to do? Uh, you want to do some 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 questions?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, to combat the to combat the idea of uh, amateurs um, leaving school uh, to come to the PGA Tour to make money, what if we had? It's not going to work for something like Titten, uh, Nick Dunlop. Ah, uh, because he is so good. But for those guys who are finishing, just making the cut, making seventy hundred thousand uh, dollars, supposedly, even though they're an amateur, they that's what they would have made. What if we have it so that amount goes to? Uh, they can only use that money towards school. So, like, they, it goes to to use for their college education or their kids' college education. So, it just like a just a, a thought there. But anyway. Yeah.
1: It's a good idea. I mean, any creative idea is better than what's going on right now, yeah, right? I mean, anything. I
2: it's try and, just try more of them me. to
1: leave college just because they have a fat check waiting for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, so Sean, you played uh, 118 rounds or 118 golf courses in mass, and who knows how many other places. Um, and you've played those courses, I'm sure, many a time, some of them um, including your home course. Uh out of all those times you played golf. Do you have any hole in ones?
1: I do. I have three. Woo! Damn. You son of a gun. Can you can you lend us one? <laughs> yeah, favorite. Do we have is it does this podcast currently have three or, or... we have zero. zero. Yeah, zero. So okay. Yeah. I've got I've got three. They kind of came, two came really quick in succession, and then the uh like within a year. Right at, right, I don't even know how old I was. I was in college just finishing college. Um, yeah, so I've got three three different courses. Three so, different
2: courses. Uh, all part threes, all no, part threes. Four we four able, we able to see them all.
0: No, no, mad uh, no, sharps out there. No par four, no par four hole in ones. No
1: par fours. No, my first one was an uphill par three at Worcester Country Club, the uh, the sixth hole, and didn't get to see it go in. But I was with my dad and my brother, which was awesome. Uh, which is awesome. So, so like, was, oh, that
2: looks like a good shot. Let's go up and take a look. And then you're like, yeah, enough. yeah, that's pretty.
1: My, I, of course, my dad gets out of the cart and beats me to the
2: cup. <laughs> the fastest he's ever run. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so oh, that's great. um yep. All right, uh, Brendan, what's which one do you want to do? Oh, all right, let's do that one. Uh, all right, Sean, I want you to look into your backyard. I want you to take a peek. Uh, I want you to pretend there's a golf hole there. You get okay. to you get to play in this the golf middle of Charlestown, Massachusetts. Right in the middle there's, of <laughs> Yeah, you got yeah. plenty of room. Yeah, <laughs> uh, plenty of green. Uh, so uh, you get to play this golf hole over and over again. It comes with all the scenery uh, that would be on this golf hole uh, on its on its respective course. You get all the scenery. You get all the room in the world. I want you to pick your favorite golf hole that you would want to play over and over and have as your backyard golf hole. Which hole you're choosing? And it can be any distance. We're not talking part distance. Any golf course. Any distance. You've, seen, you've never. You. You probably. You don't have to have played it. It could just be one you've seen on TV.
1: Oh, okay. I still think the first one that pops in my head. I'm going to keep it with course with holes I've played, just because of the scenery. Uh, the the third hole at Katantit is. Um, it's the Island green,
0: right? Island
1: car three. You're right on the water. That's the first one that popped into my mind. If I had some more time, I, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to give that as my answer. So I don't ramble
0: on the third of Catanzan. Love that. Tim, thank you for asking that question because I have an update on my new hole in my backyard. So I was lucky enough on a work trip this year to go play a course in Australia and called new south wales yeah and the fifth hole at new south wales golf club you come up over a hill and you're just i'm in like i walked it and i was hungover, and it was oh god it was hilarious but i walk up and like when i tell you the view it's one of the most craziest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it is the most beautiful view that I've ever seen. And it was, so it used to be hole 18 at Harbor town. That one's still there, but like hole five at new South Wales is
2: it's, it's, it's up there.
0: It's on, it's on the list.
2: Wow. Wow. You heard it here first. That's breaking news. (laughs) From him to stray from his beloved Harvard town. That's a lot. It. It's a lot. It was impressive.
0: It's impressive how good this
2: hole was. We're going to get a text from, from Brian saying, I cannot believe what I just heard. Yep. And we're <laughs> not going to get a text from Mike because he doesn't listen to the pod when he's not on it. <laughs> um. Wow. All right. Last question from me. Uh, you were stranded on an island, Sean. You're stranded on an island uh right. for an unforeseen amount of time. Uh, you have unlimited golf balls, whatever golf balls you play, whether they're rollback balls or regular ball, (laughs) I don't know what what we're doing these days, but you have unlimited amount of these balls. Okay. But on that stranded Island, you can only bring one club. Which club are you going to bring? Okay. I mean,
1: sandwich would be the, (coughs) sandwich would be the optimal option as a, someone who's on the sand, I love, I love hitting. I
0: really like hitting seven irons. Like so, uh, I think I bring my
1: seven iron. It, it's all
0: reliable. It's old it's, reliable. The seven iron is the be- is my favorite club in my bag.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 got enough. Uh, you can hit it. You can hit it far enough to feel like you're, you know, hitting a golf ball versus a sandwich or whatever. But you can also kind of mess around and hit some like fun shots and wherever you are and uh versus like a driver is a, is a one-trick pony mm. and kind of so is a sand wedge or something like that so i'm gonna say i'm gonna bring a seven iron so i can
0: hit a bunch of different shots tin cup would be proud he really <laughs> would. going going through going over, yeah. going over the trees going over the trees with a little draw. yep
2: <laughs> that's great
0: lord knows i can't hit a drop but that's okay <laughs>
2: Uh, phenomenal phenomenal answers. Congratulations on the three hole in ones. We still have we still are chasing our aces. We uh, still
0: are chasing aces. Shout out Jeff. One day we'll any close calls?
1: Like any super close calls it for any either of you? Damn, you had a close call, didn't you?
2: Yeah, a few. I mean What's yeah. a close call? I mean, if it's not in, it's, you know, not, in, you know, I went over, Chris- I went over so Christmas defeated. break. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's, I am so set on it has to set up perfectly and that's probably going to be my ultimate. I'll probably never get one because it has to be an 18 old round on a regular golf course. You know, I'm just one of those. Oh,
1: people. so are you like a, well, okay, this is great. So a par three golf course, no
2: not you would from, not count me, me personally no yeah that's yeah right.
1: that's fine that's everyone has a different opinion on this that's why i wanted to ask because that's it i i agree with you i i've kind of come down if if you get like let's say you get one on a par three course first and you want to keep it at zero mm-hmm. but then you get one on a full 18 hole course then you can i i would be okay then if you say you have two okay okay but you can never say you have two. Hmm. i agree interesting yeah. so it like unlocks the rest of them yes. <laughs> That's and how does I does
0: it unlock simulator holes in one then too like Jersey
2: Jerry uh, no. you got to
1: get to five before you can add any simulator holes
2: right right so. exactly no Sean I love that you said that uh, that's a great point point. and I I don't want anyone to, I'm not gonna rain on anyone else's parade if they no, say, yeah, yeah I'm just not gonna think you got a hole in one like you're not getting also anything. but if you're
0: on a if you're doing nine holes instead of eighteen like you can count and and that's it's like fine. a full not nah, yeah. like you know yeah. what i mean like it's full like you yeah. start on hole 10 or something like that like i'll count yeah them.
1: or it's a nine hole got like a nine hole golf course if you get one at Wittensville or like uh highland links or somewhere that's a you know a, a nine hole golf course that's fine too just hey, how you know. is Wittensville? it's really close to my house i've never played it
2: oh okay all right
1: i've never played it it's on the, the list one someday. yeah it's on the list
2: okay
0: all right <laughs> oh man well sean we really, really appreciate you coming on. Everyone, please go follow Bay State Golf on Instagram. Go hit up the Bay State Golf podcast. Make sure you read him in the New England Golf Journal and at AmateurGolf.com. Uh, and again, man, we we really appreciated you coming on this week. So thanks so much, Sean.
1: Thank you very much, guys. This is great. Appreciate it.